Well, I think first of all, you have to understand um, other people and and their challenges and and what they're going through, and and, and often there's um, a re- an emotional response to you know based on fear to, to, to change. That's what people do. All right. Hello and welcome back, everyone. This is Ben Chirboga, the Chief Growth Officer here at Nexel, coming to you with another This Legal Life podcast. I am very, very excited to be speaking today with Natasha Tucker. Natasha, welcome to the This Legal Life podcast. Thank you. And thank you for having me on. Yes, we are very excited today. I think um, one of the topics that uh, we're going to dig into is um, really about embracing change and facilitating change. Um, it's something that uh, is, is I think, top of mind for many people as we end the year and start the new year. There's going to be lots of new initiatives, lots of new um, projects that everybody's going to get underway. Um, as we sort of come to the end of 2023, we'll get into your bio in a second, Natasha, but um, how, how's your 2023 been? You are the last podcast of the year that we're going to be recording here. So give us some, give us some reflections. How, how is, how is the year 2023 for you? Well, personally, 2023 is much better than 2022. Um, I had some losses in my family there. But this year, it's been uh, positive. Things are going well um, on the work front. And uh, two of my children left home. So I'm almost an empty nester, which is excellent. Uh, My food bill has gone down. Uh, So so there's many, many positives. But overall, 2023 has been steady and um, doing pretty well. So, yeah, good so far. Wonderful. Wonderful. We are, for, for everybody listening, we are going to be entering into the holidays. So I think that food bill is about to go up with, I understand your children are coming back for the holidays. So if, um, if you're, and I, and I know you have a son and if uh, your son is anything like me, when they come back to the house, you know, we'll make sure that they double the, uh, the cheese and the bread and uh, a couple of the, uh, the, the snacks right, right out the bat. So I hope that you've saved a little bit in the piggy bank for the, <laughs> the food bill. Well, if I'm if I'm honest, it's a nightmare because I've got one who's a vegetarian, one who's a vegan, one who is lactose intolerant. I'm like, oh, fine, we'll just have fruit. Okay, mm. everybody <laughs> likes fruit. <laughs> I was expecting for that story. Yes, everybody loves fruit. Kiwis, just everybody eat kiwis for the next yeah. two weeks. Um, I thought it was going to be vegetarian, lactose intolerant, and uh, on like a keto diet, and so that would have really been very a lot, very even funner. But um, but fantastic. Okay, well, Natasha, before um, before we get started, why don't we get to know you just a little bit? Um, you've had a long background um, across uh, a few different industries, including, of course, legal. Would you tell everybody just a little bit about uh, about your history um, and how you got to uh, to Bennett Jones? Yes, yeah, certainly, certainly. So my husband is in oil and gas mega projects, which meant that we moved countries every five years. And a while this was kind of exciting, but also challenging, it did mean that I could reinvent myself every time. And for me, because I'd worked in the same sort of uh, thing, you know, writing documents, specifications, proposals, then um, IT and, and software, it was relatively easy to slip between um, different industries. 
So, for example, I worked for an engineering firm and then I worked for like a professional services firm. And then I ended up working for Bennett Jones when I came back to Canada. And for me, uh, it was very easy transition because I'm selling knowledge. and It's a service. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's really kind of how I, I ended up at Bennett Jones and uh, very delighted that I'm here. Mm. OK, so. Um... You know, I'm not going to take the prompt to ask you which is the most difficult professional service uh, industry to work in, even though you've worked with with more. I'm um uh, I'm going to assume it's legal just just between us. No, it's okay. It's um uh, 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 lawyers are are great. I used to be one. Uh, it's a fantastic, fantastic industry. Why don't we talk a little bit about Bennett Jones, um, your role there currently? Um, and yeah, just scope out a little bit some of your, your duties and responsibilities. What's a day in Natasha's life uh, like right now at, uh, at Bennett Jones? Well, I have this very interesting title. So I am the um, Director of Business Development Operations, which I basically feel means that I take on all the other stuff that no one else wants to do. Right. And uh, it's uh, so my day is never the same. It's very varied, which I like. Mm -hmm. I um, I have my finger in everybody else's pies at all the time. And uh, so I get to, to work with a lot of really, really interesting people. At the moment, I'm looking after uh, a software which houses our content library, our experience and some things to do with proposals. I'm looking after our CRM system as well. And then I do quite a lot with kind of league tables and I oversee uh, proposals and the proposal team. So it's a little bit of, of everything, but I like the uh, the technology and the, the software aspect of it. Yes. Yeah. Um, tell us a little bit about who you we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about navigating change. We're going to talk about embracing change within the team structure. Um, tell us about your team structure. Of course, you famously business development people sit kind of at the intersection of both marketing and the lawyers and even the opera and then you have an operations uh, type uh, type background as well so there's an operations I heard technology of course in there so we're bringing in IT tell us a little bit about the pers the people or personas that you tend to uh, that you tend to interact with on, on a day-to-day -day basis in your role well, um, not just within Bennett Jones, but all sort of externally, we work with some some vendors. Um, I find the IT people tend to be a bit more um, rule based and, you know, have to do things in a certain way. I find the marketing folks and the, the Marcoms people are a bit more, um, I know, spontaneous with what they do and very excited and they have great ideas. and They're very creative. Um, I'm very boring and process driven, so I like everything written down so I know what I'm doing and uh, we all follow the same same process. But um, I think there's a lot of different personalities and variety of, of ages and experiences within our team. And that's what makes it kind of exciting and dynamic, but also challenging in some respects. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Absolutely. And um, last question before we sort of get into the substance um, today, it's can you tell us a little bit about, give us a little bit about, uh, you, you, you touched on some of the, um, some of the, uh, the different people that you interact with, of course, some of the different uh, stacks and technologies um, and generally your duties. 
give us a, an example of, let's say, a large initiative uh, that that you sort of stick your, uh, uh, to use your language, stick, stick your fingers into. Can you just sort of paint that a big initiative that you've either worked on in the past or, you know, plan to work on in the future? I think it would be really instructive for everybody. Well, there's, there's one at the moment. So we've just opened a, a Montreal office, which is amazing. We've got some really talented lawyers coming. And there are two things that we um, are having a little hiccups with, I suppose. Mm. It's that we are trying to get the contacts from these lawyers into our CRM system. And you think it would be fairly straightforward, but there's always some challenges trying to say, okay, are we downloading your contacts from X, um, in Excel? Have you got them from LinkedIn? How are we doing it? putting it in and, and making that work on one front. But then on the other front, we want some of their, what we call kind of lateral hire experience to go into our experience database. And that's what I'm always uh, also collecting. And then uh, across all of this, everything has to be done in kind of a systematic way so that, you know, that the experience has to read in the same way when you put it on people's bios, has to go in our system the same way. The same with when you um, you put something into our CRM system, there needs to be the first name, the last name, the email. If they can have a job title, that's even better. Uh, right. <laughs> but that's... Um, so, so these are some of the initiatives, and it's uh, and it's evolving. Everyone, it's the lawyers, their assistants, it's our IT group, it's our marketing group, um, you know, me as kind of operations. So, so that's kind of a big thing that we're trying to push through at the moment. Yes, wow, um, definitely a big project, absolutely, but um, but but important, of course, uh, that intersection between experience contacts and especially in the context of a lateral hire moving and, and people coming in um, uh, very high value so uh, so the best of luck to you but uh, that's a really good that's a really good vignette of, uh, of, of what the um, the cross-section of some of your duties and uh, how the your duties and responsibilities and roles come together in, in an initiative fascinating so thank you so for, so much for sharing so why don't we why don't we delve into um, the actual topic today so we're going to be speaking about navigating change in team relationships. Now, before we get, we have some pillars that we're going to talk to, but when you first heard and we proposed this topic to you and we went back and forth, you and our um, our event manager, Emma, you know, what were some of the initial thoughts that, that came up came up for you uh, whenever we're talking about navigating change in team relationships? Just give us some, some initial thoughts uh, just to kind of prompt the, uh, the conversation. Well, as I mentioned before, I've moved quite a lot and I've started jobs again and again. So you're always the uh, the new girl. The um, the interesting thing about moving countries, and I've got it down to a fine art now, yeah. is there's there's things that you, you forget. So, um, for example, I remember going into a house, you know, I've got my three little children in tow. We've just got our clothes and that's about it. And I run a bath. Everyone, you know, we're all dirty, get, a bath, get in a bath. And I realised I don't have a towel. Right. So I'm my, my husband's a large fellow. So I'm using his underpants to dry my children. Right. <laughs> right. T-shirts and right. you know. <laughs> so so it's the adaptability yeah. of the okay, this change has happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm in it now. What can I do? So on a personal level, I found that the change is interesting and it helps you adapt. And then on a professional level, coming in, you have to um, get that trust of the new team members. You have to kind of prove yourself over and above what um, other people would probably normally do to to really show your worth. So 
these are some of the approaches that I've got, you know, adaptability, you know, um, leaning into these opportunities. Mm -hmm. I'll be honest, every time I have um, had a change, uh, whether personal or professional, good things have happened. You know, taking these risks, I've learned things, I've met some great people, um, you know, we've developed some great uh, projects, tools, systems. And so for me, although it might be initially scary, it's always been um, really a good fun ride. Yes, wow. Okay, so um, in, that, in, that small, in that small soliloquy, you've really touched upon some of the three major pillars that we want to talk about today. And um, it's it's exciting. So the first is we want to talk about embracing change. And I love your story about, well, we're in this circumstance, let's just embrace it and see what happens. And sometimes we just have to dry ourselves with our own with our own uh, with our own pants, totally fine. You know, it's a, it's, a, it's a situation. The second is we're going to talk about effective communication. Um, it seemed uh, it seems like communication is really the thread that that helps the tribe uh, or a family, as it were, kind of navigate change. And then the last is kind of building resilience. And I heard that in your own personal story, which is after a while, you develop sort of resilience if you have to constantly reinvent yourself and um, you kind of understand. So in a way, you develop a high, not tolerance for change, but high resilience to change. So those are kind of the three pillars that we're going to navigate. And I heard all of that within your, within your first uh, story, which are my stories are so tend to be so powerful because they really are uh, very, very illuminating. So why don't we talk about the first point here, embracing change. And, um, you know, let's talk about it specifically within, could you start off by talking a little bit about uh, some of maybe the mindset that you that you've seen about the importance of embracing change. I, I think you actually mentioned it, which is change, although scary in the beginning, tends to open up new avenues, new ways of thinking, new people. Um, tell us a little bit about you know kind of how you, in the context of a team, have helped embrace uh, some change and make it okay to kind of embrace some change. Well, I think, first of all, you have to understand um, other people and and their challenges and, and what they're going through. And and, and often there's um, a, an emotional response to, you know, based on fear to, to, to change. That's what people do. They, um, you know, it's a lack of trust in people. Oh, I don't know what's going on. This thing is being done to me. Um, you know, I think that for me, when I go in communicating the why and the how and really saying, you know, what's in it for them? Mm-hmm. Um, what does it mean to them? And and also when I have change going on in a professional environment, I, I'd like to say we're in it together. I'm not doing it to you. It is not just you. We're not, you're not being singled out um, and, and work through it together. I've, I've implemented quite a few initiatives and, and I think going back to this whole communicating regularly mm-hmm. often you know consistently having the same message not just being a oh, one day it's this one day it's that because that's when it when people get very upset about oh well i don't know what's going on because we were told this and now it's that mm-hmm. so um kind of embracing change yes it, it it's communicating effectively and and reassuring people i think so mm-hmm. that's what i'd say yes right what um what how do you let's talk maybe just 
quickly about the idea or 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 we could take the entire time to talk about it the idea of developing trust and i think that that's um, that seems to be i've had many discussions about enabling collaboration uh navigating change but it seems to always come back to trust and and you brought this up again can you say maybe just a little bit about about trust um, and sort of developing trust, uh, it seems to be the bridge that makes that makes change and embracing change uh, much 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 easier. It tends to tends to feel like. So I, I find that when um, you get the team's input first okay. and involve them, that really helps be, um, trust because then they feel that they're part of it and it's not being done to them. Also, I've often found that people have these amazing ideas because, yeah. you know, management might think, oh, this is uh, great and this is what we need. And then when you talk to the people who are actually doing the doing, um, they're like, well, I never use that system and I'm, why would I need this? And and people haven't um, considered that. So it's like that change element, um, element and uh, involving them, communicating, uh, getting the team input and, and then backing up their team input where we listen to you. We've taken these things forwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, these ones weren't suitable at the time because of, but then giving them training and support for whatever it is. I think that really helps build trust. Yes. Yes. I um, I love that. You know, this, uh, this virtuous feedback cycle, which sort of gets us into, let's say the next pillar, which is effective communication. Um, can you say a little bit about we, we've sort of entered into it it's there's this there's this feedback and me- mechanism um, that uh, well I'm I've heard you and I've and I've brought this all back let's say in the context of a, of a management and, and and the doers and the individual contributors and it can really be at any scale but can you talk a little bit about uh, effective communication and maybe start with you know what are some principles uh, like you've just laid out for effective communication within the context of, of change specifically? Well, firstly, I think you need to be positive. You're not doing this change to make anyone's life more of a nightmare or make them work harder or, or whatever. The change is to um, improve a process or help with revenue or or give longevity to the firm, to the whatever it is that you're doing. So I think making people understand that, and it goes back to, to the why, and if it's linked to the firm's strategy, that's even better because you're like, well, we've seen these trends, this is what we've taken on, this is why we're doing it, and this is what we expect the outcomes to be. It's very clear. So so going through that step by step, I find that the people understand and and kind of accept it a bit more. Mm-hmm. So those those are really the, the things I would um, start with. You know, when when people come up and say why, and actually, if it's if it's more than one or two people um, implementing the change, being consistent within that grouping of the communications and what you're saying to people, uh-huh. that also makes a very big difference. Yes. So I heard two points here that that I that I really really like. The first is starting with why. Um, uh, shout out to Simon Sinek, but um, and, and all of this, but uh, and and definitely very convincing when everybody sees those Simon Sinek videos. But um, of course, there's a uh, why really satisfies the logical element of people. They they can kind of walk through that. Um, and then the second was uh, consistency and making sure that it's being consistently um, consistently communicated over over some period of time and. I think that that tends to go to 
um, that that tends to go to uh, just establishing um, this as kind of business as usual or normal. I want to ask you, uh, I have a very strong bias towards storytelling and, and, and sort of um, explaining things within the context of narrative, um, just really allowing people to grab a hold of this. And it, it, it's, it has an inspirational element, but it also has a contextual element. Um, I want to throw it over to you, you know, in, in, in the case of your, over the course of your career, have you seen, what, what do you have to say about communication and the power of story in the context of trying to, let's say, it sell change or implement change and the power of, let's say, storytelling and narrative uh, coming together to, to, to institute and, and facilitate change? Well, I, I think that um, that's a wonderful point. Uh, the, the storytelling, and, and I, I have some examples. So we were rolling out um, this software system and everyone's like, oh, we don't need this, mm-hmm. this is rubbish, I don't know what to do. Oh, you know, the, the naysayers. Sure, of course, and, the squeaky um, wheels, yes, right. <laughs> but what we, we did is that we would go to the different offices and say, this is what is coming, this is when we're going to do it, this is how we're going to do it. And we did this kind of roadshow of, of this thing. Yes, and then right. we demoed this thing. And then we got champions yes. to within the different offices to say, oh, it's quite good. And then they were kind of your your voice piece. And then slowly, slowly it, it rolled out until it tipped. And then the naysayers were the final few who hadn't used the system. Right. But okay. I what, what I also like to do is that the people who are most vocal about uh, change and not adopting it, is to I like to sit down with them and say, well, what what is your main concern and how can I help you? And and often it's the oh I I don't want to learn something new. I've right. been doing it this way for such a long time. And I remember sitting down with an old gentleman who was very very grumpy. So you had to get him on a good day if you asked him for anything. Yes, right. he's retired now. Yeah, right. um, the funny the funny thing about this guy, he was uh, he was always right about a lot of things. Right, right. And so you needed his input for the next um you know software or iteration of things that you were doing yes and um but he was a bit like well I don't have time I just don't have the time to learn this stuff now and I'm like okay well let me help take away some of your workload so that you can have the time Mm -hmm. so well I don't know and and so by taking away all of his concerns one by one and supporting him and then helping him train it when he found out that he could pull these different reports and he can get all this information so much quicker than he did before and he doesn't have to chase people then he became one of the biggest adopters Mm. and actually he went from being a difficult grumpy man to to a more (laughs) I wouldn't say an easygoing happy man but just a (laughs) somebody who was really quite an advocate of uh of what we were trying to do and um and it actually that really worked in our favor Mm. first of all I just want to make the meta point that that was just a fantastic story and everybody loves the story of the grumpy the grumpy it's like a Disney story right the grumpy old man who becomes the 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 great advocate and learns something it's um it's 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 a wonderful story so thank you for making me laugh that was that was fantastic but um but also a great story about the power of storytelling I want to just hover on one last point here which which um which is really the idea of personalization in your in your communication we've all been and i'm the first person to be guilty now that i'm in a quote-unquote very very executive role at uh, at here at nexel i'm the first person that uh, tends to have this um big message that tends to be uh that tends to be logical starts with the why but if i'm being honest 
um, sometimes how this big change or this big story or this big initiative dwindles down to the individual contributor or someone specifically trying to execute something, it just feels like it can be very difficult. But what I heard uh, you say is that you had taken the time to really not only address um, address Mr. Grumpy Old Man's concerns, but also contextualize it for him. And that's what I heard. I mean, can you just speak very quickly in terms of how powerful personalization can be in the context of effective communication? Um, I, I think it's very powerful. I mean, in some cases, you, you can't do it for everyone. If you've got a large company with people who are maybe global spread out everywhere, but this is when I think it really comes back to the champions and right. getting the champions to help you. And if they are the people that say, okay, these are the group of 10 naysayers, and then we'll pick them off one by one. And there's always going to be people who, who don't want to embrace change, who are resistant, um, and, and sometimes you can't help everyone. But I find that when you try to really understand why, why don't you want to do this? And how can I help you with it? That's what makes the difference. So where you can doing it one to one being individual grades or one to small groups, yes. one to five or whatever. Um, but I've always found doing these um, go from kind of city to city and doing these little kind of not even fireside chats, the, these like demos of this is what we're doing and have a lunch with it. Here's yeah. some cookies. <laughs> people, people always like the cookies. People always um, love cookies, or, yeah. <laughs> have a free pen, have a free pen. Yeah, yeah. I know. Um, that that um, helps as well. Yeah. So I don't know. But um, yeah, change. It's, I think on a personal level with change, you've got to know your strengths and yes. weaknesses. Yeah. And, um, and I'm better with people with with one-to-one I mean it's it's very easy to get kind of lost in the talk when people are shouting down that's why I like to kind of pick off the one or two people how can I help you let me work with you and I I try to pick the ones who are most difficult um so so we we I'll say nothing we we recently went to um I know a local office to to roll out some training and uh, somebody once said this is rubbish I I, I'm far too business busy I I have no time to do this at all oh personal challenge right okay (laughs) (laughs) um and uh but I think sometimes it's as well is if they're not empowered by their their um you know boss or manager or whatever to do it then it's quite difficult so I like to do the pincer movement where I okay you don't want to do this you don't have time let's just talk to your boss about kind of your workload how can I help you yeah. how can we get you training mm. um in in the end um that and it was this was a lady um she was actually quite appreciative of the time and the effort that we'd spout, uh, spent with her and then she felt that she'd actually been heard and I think that's what people want. They just want to be heard. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's check in on where first time. Um, we we want to start to wrap up, and, and that's good because we're actually at the last pillar. But let's also check in and where we're at in the conversation. So we started with the idea of embracing change and sort of uh, how to lay the groundwork. Um, we talked really about uh, embracing uh, and starting with the why. Then we went into effective communication, the power of stories, and also personalization, and also the one-to-one um, uh, champion, the champions, and also taking time to uh, to help with the naysayers. Uh, God bless them, um, as as they're the, the, as as sometimes they do have insight, and many times they have something interesting uh, to to sort of call out. Where we're at in the conversation is. We're moving through change and we get to a little bit of a snag. 
Um, nothing is ever going to be rolled out exactly like it's been promised. And, you know, to some sense, there's this time, especially for those people who are championing, where they have to build some sort of help the team build a little bit of resilience. They have to, they, they've, if, 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 I, of course, love storytelling. And so, you know, this is the point in the story when um, the team hits its first big roadblock or the team comes to its final last challenge, which is there's there's just a monster that needs to get past before they they come back home and they uh, they either, you know, they get the uh, crown or win the win the race or something what it is. It's the final bat final battle that really tests their mettle. And it's about resilience and about digging in and sort of coming together. With that kind of framework, what do you have to say about sort of resilience and the idea of championing it as as a positive mindset and then also just cultivating it and, and making sure that, you know, your team wants to be resilient and not kind of fall back at the, fir- at the first snag? Okay, well, I think that the first thing is kind of acceptance. Okay, this is the situation where it is now. Right. We've hit a roadblock. We've got a snag. It's not going to be how we thought it was going to be. A deep breath. That's what I do. So everyone, deep breaths, people. And then I think, <laughs> I know. And then, and then I think you really need to self-regulate your emotions. Mm. That's you know, it comes into that awareness of it, mm. and and being positive and optimistic, and finding different ways around. So okay, this isn't working. How about that? And what about this? And I think you need to manage your stress levels as well. If this is really stressing you out. Um, obviously not on work time, but go and have a large glass of wine. (laughs) (laughs) Recommendation. (laughs) Just take. Or or go for a walk, get some fresh air, get some perspective. Right, right. Really, that's what I mean. Get get perspective from it. Though, though obviously, I advocate for wine. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. I thought we were going to be doing a yoga session, but okay. Yeah, (laughs) to each their own, to each their own, certainly. That's true. And then, you know, you, you have to learn to adapt to the situation and deal with it now as it is. Yeah. Um, and then I find kind of resilience um, when you've been through lots of different things, you, you learn and grow from experiences. And and now I often say I've got the hide of a rhino. So, so <laughs> you can you can hit me one of those darts. Nothing's coming in, you know, and, and maybe that's the that's the bullishness of me. But um, I'm a bit like, Meh, oh well, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Not everybody can like you and, and not everything goes as smoothly as, as you can. And again, I think that is it's resilience. It's um knowing your strengths and weaknesses. And and really I think the bottom line of, of, of getting your team resilient and when you hit roadblocks, it's don't be afraid to ask for help. Yeah. No person's an island or, or something like that. I thought there's a very uh, good quote. <laughs> no person's a rhino. <laughs> yes, right. A rhino's an island. <laughs> I don't know. Or is it islands in the stream? Or is it's it one of them. Yeah, island? exactly. I don't know. Yeah, but there's right. some there's something to do with rocks and islands. But <laughs> all it is is just <laughs> if you if you find yourself on a rock on an island, yeah. ask for help. Somebody will come and help you. And and actually, it's not a weakness asking for help. In all seriousness, um, it, it's the fact that you've got people who who will help you. You've got your back. You work as a team. I think that that is the fundamentalness of, of resilience is adaptation, knowing your strengths and weaknesses and just asking, asking for help and moving forward. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I, I love this. And, um, I, I'm really having a very good time with this podcast, um, truth, truthfully. So thank you for thank you for, for, for sharing. I um, you know, while you were speaking, it, came, it, it sort of came back to me that 
that resilience really comes back to the why. And that's why starting with the why can be so, so very important. I am just, just, just to be so over the top and, and quote a dead philosopher, you know, uh, Nietzsche said with a, um, and he had plenty of other things about him, but he said, with a big enough why, any how is possible. And I, I, I heard that a lot. That also sounds like something that would be on a poster or a coffee mug. But, um, but nevertheless, you know, it's, um, it, it sort of rings true. And, and that harkens back to your first point, which is really establishing the why and communicating that clearly and consistently um, in terms, of, because inevitably snags will happen. And, um, and, 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 trying to have the team dig dig in um, will really be a function of, well, why are we doing this uh, t to begin with? I don't know, any reflections to that? Is that sort of a, 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 a summary, you know, um, as, you, as you're on your rock and asking for help, uh, but also coming back and just saying, this is why we're doing this. So um, let's go ahead and sort of push through. Any reflections on, on that? Yeah, I think I think that's very that's fundamental, isn't it? The the why are we doing this? How are we going to do this? What do we need to do this? Um, that's that's it. And then I was talking to somebody recently, and I'm like, oh yes, I, I like you know giving donuts and and thank yous. Also, well, it's it's the thanking people, it's the appreciation, it, it's it's acknowledging all of their hard work, okay. but um, giving you know I said give cookies or donuts or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then somebody said to me, oh, if you gave somebody a donut, is that a bribe? I'm like, what? No, it's a facilitation payment. It's exactly. <laughs> right. right. So, so, yes. So um, I think I think pulling this all together, because I have gone off on, on different tangents here, really um, kind of embracing change through effective communication really helps build resilience when things don't go well. And again, you're never alone. There's always a team. Um, and it's it's understanding that actually there's people out there that will help you and if you've communicated clearly then I find that most people get on board and really want to be um be on on your team yes yeah except except those old old grunchy men with the uh, with the darts but uh, that's why we developed the uh, the rhino skin that, that we need no absolutely I, um, I i couldn't agree more yeah, that, that's that's gonna be your lasting image of me i know that you're on a podcast and you can't see me but obviously you look you like on natasha tucker she's a rhino excellent yeah <laughs> we um i think we did our job then with this with this podcast certainly uh to establish that no natasha i've um i've really really enjoyed this conversation not only uh have you made me laugh but but quite frankly it's um it's also been really illuminating and i love the way that you pieced this all together how how really embracing change is driven by effective communication and that inevitably builds resilience to kind of help you push through and the truth is the more and more you do this and the more and more your team does this, the more adapt that they, that they actually are able to. And just to piece this back to your, your initial vignette, you know, the reality is, is change is inevitable and it either comes to you or you sort of drive it. But you, you, you started us off by saying um, for yourself, and I think you were talking yourself personally, you know, change has never done anything but open up new avenues and open up new um, new ways of doing things um, and, and brought brought unexpected change uh, in the most positive way to your life. So I think um, that's kind of the most resounding, uh, um, let's say, resou resounding banner for, for, for why why do change? Because, well, it's inevitable and, and most of the time uh, things tend to work out. So just that's a long-winded way of saying thank you so much for sharing sharing the wisdom and sitting down on the podcast today. Um, 
Do you want to tell us a little bit about the next? What's twenty twenty four going to going to uh, going to bring to you personally, uh, professionally? Anything that you're really looking forward to? Uh, you are the last podcast of this year, so uh, yeah, p- tell us a little bit about next year. Well, on a on a professional level, my firm is going through a change of leadership. Our current CEO has been there for eighteen years, and we're we're ushering in um, a new kind of uh, executive chair and a CEO. And for the first time ever, we've got uh, people in dual roles. So we've got this um, amazing gentleman, John, who is based out of Calgary, who kind of leads with his heart, his soul and strategy. And then we've got this other amazing woman in Toronto who leads uh, with, you know, who's dynamic and wants change and, and kind of connects with the, I guess, the younger generation. So I'm very positive and optimistic about this change, what's going to happen. I think um, there's going to maybe be new technology, new systems, new processes, all of which I think will be beneficial. And and at the end of the day, we're here to serve our clients. So hopefully we keep them and get more um, on, on, a, on a personal level. Um, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping that my, um, my younger child will finish high school soon so I can actually be a total empty nester. Correct, <laughs> right. right. Um, and that uh, somebody in my life will, uh, well, some of my children will, will get jobs so I don't have to fund them through uh, mm. McDonald's and other things that they're eating. Right, right, right. <laughs> yes. Wonderful. Well, that sounds like a, a promising 2024. Wow, just lots of things. I am, uh, I'm, I'm excited for you on a personal level as well as a professional level. Um, it really, it really sort of is a nice capstone on this idea of, of navigating change and doing it, doing it together. So thank you so much for, for sitting down with us. Um, any final last words, any, any rah-rah, anything that you want to make sure that we're aware of um, on, for, for the firm or anything that we should uh, keep, keep, um, uh, keep on the lookout for? Um, not especially. I mean, we put all of our stuff on the website from, from Bennett Jones, but um I guess if if I was saying the the last thing to bring it back right to the beginning, yeah. um, I would like to thank you for having me, Natasha Tucker, the country and western singer, on your <laughs> podcast today. <laughs> Natasha, Natasha, thank you so much. Yeehaw! We and we're looking forward to the album coming out in twenty twenty four. That's that's the final word, I think. So thank you so much for the time. We really really appreciate it thank you thank you everybody and if you like this podcast please go ahead and like and share please connect with natasha on linkedin and follow us Uh, we are going to be putting out many more podcasts uh, in the new year and to everybody listening from us to you have a very very safe very joyous holiday season and we will return in 2024 with more this legal life all right everybody take care and thank you so much natasha tucker bye everyone thank you